0: Win or lose, are we feeling the love this morning? Well, now that we've had time to sleep on it, let's talk about it. It's time
1: for Monday Morning Quarterback on WTMJ Now. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Oh, yes, Packers fans. Yeah, we probably recruited some people from Illinois to change their allegiance. Haven't we, Brandon Snide, big-time sports guy? I think so. My goodness! So I, I, had an interesting day. I, I had the, I watched the first half of the game. And I had to go. To, I didn't have to go. My wife's mm-hmm. Christmas present was uh, two tickets to the. You're a good husband. Yeah, that's a, what you do. So what, what was that? Again? I missed that. I just
2: want to let Mrs. Scafidi know <laughs> that she married a good man. There you go.
1: Thank you for that. If, <laughs> if you missed it, and, and how is that even possible? It was an incredible sports day. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Packers here because it's Monday morning quarterback. You, by the way, all last week predicted this. Mm-hmm. What was it about this game? Brandon that made you say they're gonna win this game.
2: It really had nothing to do with the Cowboys, Steve. My my thoughts going into this game were strictly focused and centered around the Green Bay Packers. And I know it's been a roller coaster season. You, you look back and you go, How do you lose to Tommy DeVito? And you lost to Baker Mayfield and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Raiders and the Broncos. But you gotta look at the most recent body of work and over the course of I would say now a month, but going into this game was always the last three weeks. I always look at what their last three games were, and the Packers offensively were one of the best teams in the National Football League. Since Week 11, Jordan Love, and this is not just the fandom in me coming out by the numbers, Jordan Love has been the best quarterback in the National Football League. Again, Jordan Love has been the best quarterback in football since Week 11, since that loss to uh, Pittsburgh the week after that when they beat uh, the Chargers. And then they eventually beat the, the Lions and the Chiefs. And, and since then, he has been the best. So that's where it came from. You know, I, I knew Dallas was going to be a good team. I knew they were going to be a tough test. They haven't lost in almost two years at home, two like two calendar years. Uh, 2022 in, of September was their last home loss. I knew their offense was dangerous. I knew they had a very good defense on paper. But Matt LaFleur is in a zone right now with the play calling you got guys back that were that were not healthy that are, are starting to get healthy. Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson, to name the the main two, and it just felt like, well, not really felt like you just you're seeing the confidence in number ten be able to run the offense. I mean, he's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He's throwing off his back foot on third and seven and, and throwing a dot to Dontavian Wicks for a touchdown to go up twenty to nothing. I mean, when when this team starts to believe in themselves and they have clearly started to believe in themselves. It's a dangerous bunch because, like you and I talked about it, you can't hone in on one guy. They have five, six guys that can beat you. Yeah, th- their roster
1: is so deep on the offensive side that they, they can literally just shuffle guys in and out. Mm-hmm. They can they can sustain injuries. Watson was down for how <laughs> many games?
2: Yeah, I think he played maybe six, seven games this year. Right. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember. but yeah.
1: And the two guys that you really looked at this year, Watson and Reed, they were really non-factors in the game. Reed didn't even have a catch yesterday. <laughs> so that's that's the uh, the amazing thing about this transformation. Here's the other interesting thing for me as a, as a fan and observer of the NFL. They, they won these last two games, Bears to get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. Cowboys to advance, against really good defenses. Mm-hmm. These weren't like some sham team. These were teams that, in the Cowboys' case, High scoring on offense, great defense. All I heard, especially about, at home. Yeah, and all I heard about was Micah Parsons. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure at some point in that game I saw. Yep. Aaron Jones yep. <laughs> put a block on Micah Parsons that sent him to the sideline. And,
2: aver- and kudos to Jones. You're absolutely right, Steve. Since that when that block happened, he was not the same player for the rest of the course of the game. Like he knocked the wind out of him. Whatever he did, but he was clearly not the same player.
1: And oh, by the way, Aaron Jones, five nine two zero nine. Basically, small guy in the NFL. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about his running yesterday. I've seen a lot of Aaron Jones games in person and on TV. He was committed, both on the uh, uh, Matt LaFleur side of things, to calling those runs. But Aaron Jones was finding the holes, accelerating, Mm -hmm. doing things that, frankly, Aaron Jones hasn't done in a long time. This is the Aaron Jones that we need in the playoffs.
2: And and not to take anything away from Jordan Love, Steve, because I want to hit on your point because you're absolutely right. 21 carries. 118 yards, three touchdowns for uh, Aaron Jones. It's not a coincidence that when Aaron Jones came back into the lineup, the Packers' offense really started to skyrocket. It's not a coincidence. Games. Yeah, It's not a coincidence that this scheme, Matt La- the offense Matt LaFleur runs, is predicated off of being able to run the ball, play action, get out of the pocket, and, and now you're seeing it. Like Dallas defense, they had no idea what to defend. They had no idea what was coming. Are they running? Are they throwing? No idea. Dan Quinn is a very good defensive coordinator. He will probably be a head coach. And he was in shackles yesterday. Like, there was nothing he could do.
1: He is Brandon Snide. I am Steve Scafiddi. It is, of course, Monday Morning Quarterback on WTMG. Now we'll take a break here. You want to join the conversation? 855-616-1620. God, those uh, Bears and Vikings fans got to be feeling scared. What happened? Love. Back foot. That's a man. But it's going to be caught by Musgrave, racing towards the end zone. He is in touchdown, Green Bay. It was a battlefield, and uh, the <laughs> Packers were incredibly victorious. Twenty-seven zip at
2: one point. Yeah. Forty-eight to sixteen at one point, yep. with like ten minutes left in the fourth.
1: Yeah. What a game! <laughs> and uh, you can you can jump on the line. We're gonna we're gonna go expanded edition of Monday Morning Quarterback today because why not? It's- Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Question for you, Brandon. Uh, question on defense. Out of curiosity, who makes the recommendation and decision to play passive or prevent defense, especially at ten minutes left? That's when the uh, the mm-hmm. Cowboys. I wouldn't say quickly, but they scored two touchdowns and yeah. two
2: point conversions after each. It was about the seven six seven minute. And that's when Lafleur pulled his starters. Uh, it, it's really it's kind of like I don't want to say an unwritten rule in football, but. You're up 32 points in a game in the last quarter. Let's say there's nine, ten minutes left. As a defense, you just don't want to give up a massive play. So that's why you saw a lot of uh, you know, middle of the field. Jake Ferguson, the Wisconsin Badger product, catching a lot of passes over the middle of the field. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup caught a lot of over-the-middle passes. The defense just doesn't want to give an over-the-top type play, which will lead to a quick score. Didn't really help the Packers because I believe Cowboys within, like, Five minutes, scored sixteen points. And well,
1: Lafleur put the starters back right
2: in. back in it. So yeah, I mean it happens. Unfortunately, the the, the score you know forty eight thirty two, but it was it was much more than that. So it's 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 obviously a decision that is the defensive coordinator, but I I would imagine Lafleur is involved with that decision as well.
1: Steve from Illinois joins us. Hey Steve, go pack, go happy hey Steve, victory I'm, Monday. Oh yeah, hi. I'm actually from Milwaukee. I'm driving a truck in Illinois right now, on my way back to. I'm oh,
2: sorry to hear that. Well, you're on your way back. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. Good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I didn't think the Packers were going to win like that. I thought maybe they'd win by like a field goal or something like that. But that was just incredible. And I was also saying that if we upset San Francisco next week in Detroit, was we could be looking at a Packers Lions NFC Championship game. How wild! Thanks for <laughs> that course. would be crazy. And save, stay safe on the road. How wild would that
2: be at Detroit at Ford Field? That, that would, would be, nuts.
1: be absolutely.
2: The I'm Packers not gonna, would, Packers would boat race them.
1: Mike from Chicago joins us. Hey, Mike. How's it going, guys? I just want to give a good testament to the coaching staff. I mean, when this team was sitting at two and five, I think they really only had about a five percent chance or six percent chance of making the playoffs. And they did. I'm really proud of what they've done. I mean, regardless of what happens next week in San Francisco, I think they're building for the future. And I think this is the way to do it with a young core, guys that know one another, guys that have a lot of rapport with one another. And, um, I I don't really know if they might be better off with a solid number one wide receiver right now. I think it's better the way they're doing it now. They're really spreading it around the four or five different receivers, and they got two tight ends that are just just awesome and a really great running back in Jones. So, yeah. Thanks for the uh, call. Thanks a lot for the call, of positive Mike. with me here, regardless of what happens next week. I mean, great job, guys. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Mike. I had to let you go there. You, Excellent call. Yes. Interesting that the first two calls are from the state of Illinois. Although yeah. first caller was from
2: a lot of people in Illinois, non-Packer fans starting to sweat a little bit. As we're talking here, I'm going to look up
1: the comments. There's two comments I want to read from uh, t- Twitter or X. One was Mike Greenberg, and the other one was from Andrew Brant, who used to work for the mm-hmm. Packers. Is you know the like expert on the salary cap, mm-hmm. and I think he teaches uh, all of that. Signed Aaron Rodgers. Signed, yeah, a few that's times. A, that's a nice resume. I yeah. like. but the fact that this team. I would say the middle of the season, people. There's a lot of question marks. Joe Barry. Mm -hmm. That was all we talked about in on Morning Quarterback for weeks, (laughs) right? You know this,
2: yeah. And I wonder if the voice in that defensive room, Matt Lafleur, what he's influenced. I'd be curious. You're obviously not going to. He's not going to come out and tell you, you know, that he's doing, you know, X, Y, and Z as far as the defensive uh, scheming up for the week, but. After what was it? Was it the the Giants or the? I think it was the Tampa Bay game. Is when Matt Lafleur was like, "I'm going to get in the defensive room. I'm going to have a, a more prominent voice than than I have in in, in the past." And and obviously, the defense. Look, the, it's the NFL. Like teams are still going to score. They're still really good players. The the refs make you know the, the rules want for the the league to score points. So, like last night, the Cowboys are going to score points. The Packers obviously scored 48 points, but. It's a, it's a league where it's, it's, it's generated around offense. You're still going to score. You just have to make those key stops and be able to. when the, when. And I said it before the game. I said it to my dad. He's, he's probably listening right now. He can test for this. I said, Dak's going to throw you one or two. You just got to catch him. He's going to throw him. He threw three last year at Lambeau Field. He should have had three yesterday if Andre Campbell dropped it in the end zone.
1: Yeah, Mike Greenberg, uh, ESPN Greeny, says, I'm not sure how to describe what we just saw. There aren't adjectives strong enough for how badly the Cowboys played. Hard to imagine doesn't lead to major changes. This is a no-show for the ages. generally one of the worst big-game performances in NFL history. You can't talk about that game and not, and not talk about the fact that the Cowboys have been unbeaten at home almost for, two years Yeah, and then played that kind of a game. So what, what does that tell us? Like, is, were the Packers just so dominant that the the other team said you know what we can't compete with these guys was Matt LaFleur calling a game they didn't expect what was it exactly
2: i think LaFleur is just on a heater right now LaFleur and Love are on an absolute missile like you know just absolutely on fire like any play LaFleur calls it's you know 75% successful any play LaFleur calls Jordan Love is obviously comfortable with and they have a, a a rapport that they've obviously been working together for the past few years where he knows what love likes, you know. Love knows what Lafleur likes to call, and and they've gotten into a groove with each other. And you could see Love have the freedom at the line of scrimmage. He's checked into a few runs. He's checked out of a few runs. You know, third and seven off his back foot. Steve, they send the house on third and seven, and he throws a dime to Dontavian Wicks for the touchdown that put him up twenty to zero. I mean, he, he's given Love the keys of the Ferrari, and Love's out cruising, man. I mean, it, it's it's incredible to see. I love that keys to the Ferrari. Rome joins yeah. us from the east side. Hey, Rome. I just forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a holiday. Rome.
2: It is a holiday. Rome.
1: <laughs> it's a holiday, girl. I, yeah. So Rome. I'll give you some money. Rome. Yes, hello, hello. <laughs> what hey, are you hey, doing? Hey, are you out there transacting, <laughs> Rome? Actually, I'm helping a lady across this. Just you would not believe this, but I'm an educators credit union now. Helping a lady across the street. Uh, God bless you. From the ice. God bless you. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, man, I grew up in Pennsylvania as the only Packer fan in the 60s, <laughs> and God get found a way to get me to Wisconsin, and of all places, first, lacrosse, Wisconsin, where Gudikus was a player during that time. Mm-hmm. I was there from 90 to 02, and I knew that, you know, he was a guy that had the Packers' best interest in heart. But we had so many people that were on the bandwagon of fire Gudikus, get rid of the coach, uh, you know, uh, love has a weak arm. So I want to now where – uh, you guys? What are you guys feeling about uh, Goudicus at this point? All right, thanks for the call, Rome. Uh, I, I I didn't really blow him up because I I didn't think necessarily he was the problem. Um, I had more angst for Joe Barry, and I'm going to have to eat crow on that one. But uh, Brian Goudicus has had a couple. Last year's draft was in, insanely good. The one before, not too bad. This is a guy who's if if he needed redemption has certainly redeemed himself. They have the, one of the deepest receiving cores. In the league right now. Maybe
2: the deepest.
1: And they're also one of the cheapest. They cost $6.5 million. That's less than most teams play one star player.
2: Well, That's incredible. Goody's big knock on him, Steve, was the drafting of Jordan Love. 2020, people will, people, I still have receipts. You can find them on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, saying Brian Gudikins' selection of Jordan Love was the worst draft pick they have ever seen. <laughs> that has turned out to be false. And if that is his worst draft pick, and Jordan Love has now turned into a top-five quarterback in the National Football League, he is the franchise quarterback for the Packers for the next decade, Goodenkins has done a marvelous job. And last week I wrote on Extra Points for Wisconsin's Morning News, it's time to turn in your apology letter to Goody because the guy has been able to look at this team from, you know, a, a you know riding right down the middle. He knew what Aaron Rodgers meant to this franchise. He knew how good... Aaron Rodgers was, and he still looked at him and said, you know what? You want out? You and I are not getting along. You go to New York. Have fun. I'm going to take Jordan Love. I'm going to start him. I selected him in 2020. I believe in him. And how that has paid off is just tremendous. He should be the executive of the year. Like, I I don't think uh, he probably won't because for whatever reason, those end-of-the-year awards, Matt LaFleur, Goody, they never get the recognition They deserve, but everybody counted this Packers team out in Vegas. I believe they had their win total at seven and a half this year. They're at ten right now. Yeah, I mean they have done tremendous work. Your starting left tackle was a, a seventh round draft pick. Your starting cornerback is a seventh round draft pick. All your receivers are rookies or or second year guys, and you're in this. You're you're two wins away from a Super Bowl appearance. How about that? Two wins away from going to the Super Bowl as the youngest team since the merger to ever make the playoffs. Their
1: future is bright, this young Green Bay Packers team. Brandon Snide alongside as We have a celebrated Monday morning quarterback expanded edition. Mike and Mark are on the phones. Lots more to get to. We'll do it after this on WTMJ.
2: We're in the locker room right there, it's a, it's a great environment to be in. You know, I just can't say enough how proud I am of everybody in the locker room. It's been a long season. Uh, we've been counted out. A lot of the season, so um, just the way everybody keeps keeps battling, keeps competing, uh, getting better, and obviously putting on great performances like uh, tonight. So um, it's a great feeling.
3: Oh,
1: uh, Jordan Love, superstar <laughs> to be? Question mark? I don't think that's even a question anymore. We got calls, we got lots of texts. I wanted to read this another one from uh, ESPN Green, Mike Greenberg, who knows the. NFC pretty well, and certainly the uh, the North Division, former Chicago guy. Uh, he said this on the X yesterday. There are a lot of people, and I'm most certainly one, who owe Brian Gutekunst an apology. This team didn't rebuild after Aaron. It got better immediately. <laughs> they are young, super talented, and the quarterback has star written all over him. The GM <laughs> deserves to take a bow. That's a high praise. Second of-, of the year. Yeah. It's, it's amazing transformation because this was... I, I actually fell into this. This was supposed to be a rebuild year. Mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of the year, I think I started with eight. I down downsized that prediction about six at one mm-hmm. point because they were three and six. And ever since then, they've turned it around. Mark joins us from Elkhorn. Oh, we lose Mark. Nope, there's Mark. Hey, Mark.
3: Hello. Good morning, guys. Thanks for uh, taking morning. my call. Sure. I just wanted to share a quick quick story with you. Uh, my wife and I were on vacation uh, out to Arlington, Texas and uh 2018 in March of 2018 and we took the uh, MVP tour at the AT&T Stadium and uh, it's, it's a marvelous marvelous stadium and uh, when the tour was done they allowed us to go down on the field and my wife uh, her stamina wasn't the greatest so she sat on the Cowboys bench and I walked out to the 50 yard line and I knelt down at the giant <laughs> blue star in the center of the field and I took my index finger and I etched a giant G in the middle of that star. <laughs> and I just wanted to call you guys and let you know that I'm so happy to see that the mojo is still working. A powerful trip
2: I love that. from Mark to his Green Bay <laughs> Pack. Thanks for the call, Mark. That's he, awesome. He etched a G. It would be funny if you could see that on the. That's menu. pretty cool. They let you go to the middle of the field. You don't cannot do that at Lambeau. No, no. I, I you ran can't the, even go on the grass. I think the
1: first or second year I ran the Green Bay Marathon, they let you run down the middle of the field. That's cool. And then that got shut down.
2: Yeah. After that, no. They got that marked off.
1: I mentioned a tweet from uh, Andrew Brant, former executive mm-hmm. for the Packers, now a big-time uh, sports guy, and uh, he talks a lot about the law in sports. Uh, realize I can be a- annoying here, Reed Packers, but heard complaints on the Packer way for so long. It's very simple. Draft and develop. No quick fixes. Trust your scouting. Mm-hmm. Coaches unafraid to play younger players. We've seen that this year, mm-hmm. incredibly so. Sign core players to early extensions. This is the big one. Draft a quarterback before you need one. And that's Jordan Love.
2: That was Aaron Rodgers. And Goody learned from Ted Thompson. And who did Ted Thompson learn from? Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf, The architect of all of Mm -hmm. this, right? Mm Because that that changed the
1: franchise. I I saw something the other day about teams not making it. Well, it was Detroit. They've really not had any playoff success.
2: 32 years.
1: Yeah. We've had almost annual trips to the playoffs for 30 years. Couple exceptions: Rodgers' injury last year when they when they uh, lost to the Lions, who turned out to be a pretty good team, as we saw yesterday beating the Rams. This is an interesting new era in Packers football. Youngest team, you mentioned that earlier. Lots of draft picks stockpiled. They're going to have a lot of cash to spend once the Aaron Rodgers uh, mm-hmm. anchor gets off their from around their neck. This is a good time to be a Packers fan right now.
2: I got I got a text here I want to read for you, Stephen. Sure. and I want you to react to it. And this is from the 906, so thank you for, for texting this in. So I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to let me know your thoughts. One word, R-E-L-A-X. It has been one year with Jordan Love. If he repeats this performance next year, then start to use the phrase franchise quarterback. Yes, they shocked the world, and Mike McCarthy might get fired. Everyone is so quick to crown someone. Shout out to the O-line who allows Jordan Love to operate. That's Chris in Appleton. Your thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, there's always a little bit of let's let's not go overboard. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, although they have just, just as good a chance <laughs> as anybody, right? They, you know, three wins, final and, eight teams, yeah, eight teams, <laughs> three wins, and you, you won the Super Bowl. So this team could do that, and and I don't think most. Matter of fact, I know because I I watched all the predictions. Other than I think one person on all the shows, everybody picked the Cowboys to win fairly easily. I I think they were a touchdown favorite.
2: Yep, seven and a half.
1: Yep, They were down at home by 32 (laughs) points. So, yeah, relax is a fun phrase to throw around because, obviously, R-E-L-A-X is something that Aaron Rodgers used um, to make a point. What I will say is this. Jordan Love isn't just having a great season. He's done things historically Mm -hmm. that suggest he could be one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. Now, he's only played one year. You have to you have to demonstrate that year after year after year. But when you see somebody have nine games with no interceptions,
2: mm-hmm. twenty four touchdowns,
1: yeah. When you see somebody finish seconds to Dak Prescott for touchdowns in a season in his first year as a starter, that's not typically what's done. And then, oh by the way, you throw in a near perfect quarterback rating yesterday, one incompletion away. Yeah, only because what, <laughs> Tucker Kraft yeah, dropped, dropped it at the it. end. Yeah. I mean, come on, that is pretty pretty significant stuff, and. I don't know what Chris's allegiance is, whether he's a fan of another team or maybe Mm -hmm. maybe he's a fan of the Packers who has a little bit of a more uh, negative tone on the game and the season. I don't know. But there are folks in Chicago literally tearing their hair out because they're witnessing what is happening again to them. A Green Bay team who Chicago fans, the organization basically said was done, who have now flipped a script on this thing. And they're, let's be honest, pissed about it. And I'm happy for them.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're looking at for Chris in, in, in Appleton, and, th- and really again, thank you for the the text. But if you're in, if you're looking at Jordan Love being like, well, it's too quick to crown someone. It, I could see that if it was a four game stretch. He's done this over the course of the year. He struggled in October, but I think people got to realize play calling was bad. The defense was really bad. Oh, and by the way, you didn't have your left tackle. Aaron Jones has been out of the lineup. Christian Watson's been out of the lineup. You got rookies learning on the fly. You got second year guys who are your quote unquote veterans on offense. There was a lot of moving pieces around Jordan Love. Once that stabilized, he put on a show and he has been the best quarterback in the National Football League since week 11. He is a franchise quarterback. I don't think anybody that has watched him can say otherwise. You look at him and be like, well, we'll see next year. No, he is the friend. That's enough. That's a big enough sample size. To tell. in Chicago they it's been three years and they still don't know what with Justin Fields. I don't know what I would do if
1: I was a Bears fan. I would
2: probably stop dressing I like, would become a Packers
1: fan. I would probably stop buying Bears jerseys for my kids because let's be honest, that's that's almost child abuse.
2: I hope Bob and Waukesha is doing okay today. Yeah. You're watching that Bob, Jordan Love performance. Bob, if you're out there listening, I know you usually do.
1: Maybe you're maybe you're shoveling snow or something today. I feel your pain. It's good. Do we though? I do, because Bob's a good guy. Well, do we feel it, though?
2: We, we know it's there. <laughs> have we ever felt that pain, Steve? Well, well you have. I, have. I have. You have
1: it. Yeah, you've only lived a successful...
2: I was born dream. into the Brett Fire era.
1: <laughs> yeah, my goodness. I lived some tough, tough, tough <laughs> years. All right, take a break here. I got phone calls. I got texts. Join us. It's an expanded edition of Monday Morning Quarterback. Jones again. Running left, running up the middle, and running
3: in for a touchdown. The third today for Aaron Jones.
1: Oh, I am. Why not? Jordan Love, our youngster quarterback. He's 24 years old. Franchise quarterback. Yes, franchise quarterback. All right, Mike has been very patient, so we've got to get Mike on. Then we got a great call from Oklahoma. Hey, Mike. Not that you're not crazy. Good great.
2: morning, Stephen Brandon. Brandon, long time no talk. Good morning, bud. How are you? I'm excellent. I, I could not be better this morning, to be honest. <laughs> right. I told my wife last night it was the best night of my life. We got married a few years ago, and she looked at me crooked. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's I meant a, it. Mm, tough.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, don't get in too much trouble. But happy Victory Monday to everybody in Wisconsin. Uh, Steve, when we talked Friday, I knew I told you I'm rooting for the Pack. I didn't have high hopes, but the only thing that kept me hopeful was that how well they had played at the end of the season. And I think Brandon kind of summed it up when he said it had nothing to do with the Cowboys and had everything to do with how the Packers were playing at the end of the season. And um, I am just, I was happily surprised. I enjoyed every aspect of the game. I got a little nervous at the end because I hate the prevent defense. Yeah. I've always
0: mm-hmm. said the prevent Boy. defense, the only thing it does is prevent you from winning.
1: And it started to get scary a little bit. But uh, the better team won, of course. And um, we'll see what happens. They definitely have the model for quarterbacks, they've shown that. Uh, so, and I know you got some texts about people saying, like, hey, you developed. And uh, that seems to work for you guys. We might have to try that in Chicago sometime. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mike. Um, <laughs> Let's talk to somebody who's at the game. That's, this is kind of cool. Tim is calling from Oklahoma. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Good. You're at the game. Hey, I was at, Yes, sir. I'm uh, Right now I'm a truck driver, so I got in late last night uh, after the game at about 10 o'clock. And then I had to turn around and go do my route. So tell me how that felt. I mean, we were watching it on yeah, TV. It was awesome. It was awesome. You guys, uh, it, from your sound bites, you could see, you could hear the crowd going nuts. The Packers were well represented there. You could the hear right the right Go
3: Pack
1: was Go, like go chants. The Packers down there. Yeah, we could hear the Go Pack Go chants on the, okay. on the TV broadcast. Hey, guys, get this. Guess who I saw on the mezzanine and I was able to get a photo with? Don Beebe and Doug Evans. Hey, oh, there you, you go. go.
2: Those are two Excellent old, yeah. 90s, yeah.
1: Thank, thanks for the call, Tim, calling away from Oklahoma. Uh, your connection was getting a little funky there. Don Beebe. Wow. That's a good one. That's going all the way back.
2: The only other Packer to win Player of the Week in consecutive uh, order.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's another thing about Jordan Love. It's like he's done things that essentially rookie quarterbacks, even though he's in yeah. his i year, mean, have never done.
2: Yeah. It, and there's a text on there asking about how does Jordan Love compare to Mahomes and Brady. Well, not... Not necessarily the greatest. Mahomes his first year he won the MVP as starting quarterback. Yeah, um, wasn't a rookie, but it, his first year starting, he has better stats than Brady did in his first year starting. You know, take that for what it's worth. But
1: did you happen to see during the broadcast where this is an expanded edition of Monday Morning Quarterback? If you're wondering why we're still talking about the Packers, and I'm going to mention them a lot today because it's it's an exciting day for Packers fans and the states. Um, there was a family at the game, and it looked like one one of the kids had the Packers jersey <laughs> on. Who was just yeah. out of his mind happy? Yeah. And his, his poor, I think it was his brother, had the Cowboys jersey on. Yeah. It was just you know,
2: out of his mind sad. <laughs> it was a house divided because
1: it looked yeah. like the dad yeah. was
2: also in a Packer jersey, but the mom All right. was in a Cowboy jersey. This gives me a good moment.
1: Parents, if you are if your allegiance to the different teams, don't have kids. No, don't, don't get married. Don't get married in the first place. That's not. I, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, especially the Bears-Packers nah, thing. I never got it. I know people like this.
2: Never got it.
1: It's awkward and weird. Then they, if you have multiple kids, the kids have to argue about what team they. I want to be on
2: mom's. So and don't ever ask me to go to the in-laws. There's absolutely no chance I'm going there to watch a game to watch. Yeah. A Bears game, but no, absolutely not. Uh, people were
1: mad at me about the. Uh, if you put a Bears jersey on your kid it's child abuse. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm having fun, but you got to think about your decisions in life. You you, know, you might set my, them up for
2: success yes, somehow. My
1: grandparents, my grandparents, my grandkids are going to their daycares. They got the Packers gear on, they're celebrating, <laughs> and their poor friends are like miserable because they've been forced to watch this horrific franchise for the last 30 years. Absolutely suck. And then the fo- the folks in Minnesota who think for some reason they deserve to have a Super Bowl, earn it. You play inside, you're not tough.
2: Yeah. And if you and if last night was any indication for the Vikings or Bears or and Bears I should say, they're probably waking up this morning a little bit, you know, worried. Oh, the Lions. Oh my goodness. Lions a playoff win. The Packers, who nobody thought was going to get, it, not only a winning record but into the playoffs, and they. Boat race the, the the Cowboys the number two seed. All right, we got to take a break here. The other Steve from Oak
1: Creek, I see, is on the line. Lots of texts as well. Having some fun with the big victory Monday celebration. Packers big over the Cowboys yesterday in Dallas, forty eight thirty two. On their way to San Francisco this Saturday night prime time. Who knows what might happen there? So proud of our Just the mindset that they had coming down here and to put a. Put on a performance like that. uh, Couldn't be happier for them. Certainly,
0: we knew it was going to be difficult, and uh, you know, hats off to Dallas, making it a
1: game at the end of the game, and just couldn't be happier for guys. Obviously, uh, really excited about the next opportunity. Sense of theme on the uh, program today, yes. Jordan Love, the guy, franchise guy. Might be the best quarterback in the north. Might be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. No,
2: no, stop. He is the best quarterback in the north, and he is one. He is the best quarterback in the National Football League since Week Eleven. Since Week Eleven, yes. And the and the stats. I still think he's an MVP candidate. People still laugh at me. I saw somebody else chimed in on that. Yeah, Kurt Bankert, who played quarterback in the NFL, but people in this office laughed at me when I said it.
1: Let's hear what uh, Steve call Steve from my favorite city has to say. Hi, Steve.
0: Good morning, and I just wanted to comment on the Packer execution. Yeah. My execution by the offensive and defensive line was just excellent. Uh, jo- uh, uh, Aaron Jones was carrying out his fakes. He took that one fake and then smacked that linebacker coming <laughs> in to protect Love and Love made the throw. So it was just great discipline, great execution all the way around.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks for uh, hanging on. Look, this is one of those weeks where we're going to have fun with the Packers. I'm going to do a lot of Packers content throughout the week because it's, it's playoff. Mm-hmm. Playoffs? Football. <laughs> and you have to Thanks, celebrate Jim. it. You have to celebrate it. This was a week that I, th- I don't think a lot of us necessarily expected. You you were uh, ahead of the curve. You said you would mm-hmm. w- they would win, and they did. Um, I don't think any of us expected it to be a game like that. It was 27 to nothing at one point. And I told, Shocked. I told the story, <laughs> we had play tickets for, like, since December we were going to this play funny girl at the markets which by the way the the, uh, the lead in that in that performance was spectacular when did you buy those tickets
2: in december early december yeah so you had no faith
1: i just didn't think they'd be playing on <laughs> sunday nights
2: you know sunday late afternoon yeah. you know? well i mean percentages were on your side yeah i mean they were in they were, the 20s i think at and early yeah. december
1: so plus my wife wanted to see it and, and there was only one week of the of the run and that was the day we could go and now next Saturday they're scheduled to play. I'm supposed to have my <laughs> Tuscany reunion trip right when the game is on. So I'm, we're gonna have to think so
2: about that. Here's a text from the 414. My nephew's getting married on Saturday. Oh, Oof. skip it. <laughs> skip the <laughs> wedding. Record it. Send me pictures.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just send him
2: a check. Yeah, you know,
1: cash is I king. I was there. Yeah, yeah.
2: have I was... someone like yeah, mix the food up on your plate. Yeah, I was there. It was a great time. Uh, let's let's
1: look ahead a little bit. So we're going to play the 49ers. They're obviously the number one seed. They've mm-hmm. had a great season. They're a tough team. They're not invincible. They've they've lost games as well. Um, when you look at this game on Saturday, um, obviously Brock Purdy is playing very very well. They got a great defense. They got incredible running back Christian McCaffrey, who had I don't know how many touchdowns,
2: but a lot. Oh, of them. he's going to be scary.
1: Uh, Debo Samuel, um, the tight end Kittle, yep. Kittle, yeah.
2: Brandon Ayuk, another receiver. So.
1: Although I would say the same thing about the Cowboys. They have stars mm-hmm. like that. Could we see a Packers upset 2.0? Yeah. You're
2: not predicting that, though.
1: I am. <laughs> you're gonna,
2: are you just saying that because you're the, saying it? They're the hottest team in the NFL, and we saw it in 2011. I don't want to compare teams because there's two different generations, two different coaches, two different teams. The Packers backed into the I shouldn't They backed in. They beat the Bears in that final week. They got into the playoffs in 2010. They were the sixth seed. They went on the road three straight weeks. Nobody thought they were going to beat Atlanta. Nobody thought they were going to go into Soldier Field and beat the Bears. They were the underdog, and they, but they were the hottest team in the NFL, and that is all that matters at this point. It doesn't matter what San Francisco did all year. People told me all week I was crazy for picking the Packers. The Cowboys don't lose at home. They put up 37 points per game. Dak Press, that's an MVP quarterback. It doesn't matter. It's what you're doing now. You're the hottest team in the NFL. This Packers team has nothing to lose. They're playing free and they're going to go into San Francisco, Steve, and they are going to beat. They are going to get rid of that Niner demon that is on their back yeah. and move on in the playoffs.
1: All right. You heard her here first. Brandon Snyde, thanks for hanging out for Monday morning quarterback well, thank expanded you. edition. We'll talk during the week, I'm sure. Uh, I'll make some more Packers content in during the rest of the show. We got two more hours. Join us in the conversation on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue,
0: it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's
1: your host, Steve Scafidi. Oh, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Yes. MLK Day. A great American. If you've, if you've never been to Washington, D.C., and you have not checked out the, uh, the monument to uh, America's most famous civil rights leader. You should check it out. It's, it's an amazing thing to see. Uh, sort of the byproduct of that is the freeways are pretty empty, although it looks like the sun's shining here. Hopefully, it's nice where you are. Um, it's bitter, bitter cold. We're below zero, and I don't know what the current temperature is. What do you think the current temperature is, Charlie? Like minus four, or something like that? It's, it's cold. I couldn't even get my truck started last night, so that's going to have to be a project to work on. My Hyzer one started just fine, though. Thanks to the folks at Hyzer Automotive. Love you guys. Beautiful Ford Explorer, XLT. Um, This next hour is going to be kind of a hodgepodge, but I I wanted it to be because this is one of those days where there's a lot going on. We've got the cold weather, the snap that's affecting the country. We've got the Iowa caucuses, the goofiest way to select a uh, nominee for a party, and While I love the state of Iowa, I could care less about what people in Iowa think about the presidential uh, race. That's just me saying that. It's a state that I don't think represents the rest of the country. So that's just my opinion. Um, There's so many other stories that we'll get to some of these. Uh, More trouble for the my pillow guy. Dave Spinal is going to join us, certainly uh, looking at the economy and and the financial world going forward in 2024. Just all swirling together in this incredible week of news ahead. A lot of us are going to be talking about this tomorrow, the the Iowa caucuses. Certainly Packers playoff football. Playoffs? Uh, New maps in Wisconsin. Uh, Not going to spend a lot of time on that today, but that's going to be a conversation that's very, very busy in the weeks and months ahead as we try to figure out what our lines are going to be, where they're drawn, who's got to move potentially. Could we have two representatives running against each other because the lines have changed and now they're both in the same district? Fascinating time in Wisconsin politics. I want to start with this, though, and it's sort of related to what I was just talking about. I saw this comment over and over again on social media over the weekend, and it has to do with weather and football. People saying out loud, I don't I don't like the fact that it's, you know, whatever the temperature was in Kansas City, zero or minus something. I don't like the fact that the playoff game in Buffalo had to be postponed until today, which is the oddest thing in the world because we have a game at 3.30 on CBS on a Monday, which is just insane. People were saying out loud, we shouldn't play football games in weather like that. And I'm thinking, how soft are we? Did you not enjoy the ice ball? When your fans, not in Green Bay, watching that on TV, the limited audience that was available at the time, and as football was just sort of catching the nation's attention in a big way, right? The Cowboys, the Packers. How soft are we? The teams insist on wanting to play only when the weather's nice, when there's domes. That's not football. That's fake football. That's carpet football. Ask the Minnesota Vikings how that's worked out for them. Years and years of frustration because they can't win a Super Bowl. Billions invested in a new stadium that, let's be honest, it's a great experience to go there. They were 2-6 and at home this year. How'd that work out for those folks? The Bears wrangling with the idea, the Bears franchise, whether we rebuild in Chicago, city proper, or out where the racetrack used to be, was it Arlington Heights? Arlington, what that might look like, will you put a dome on it? And I, w- I would answer that at some point, probably in the near future, the only team in the NFC North that's not going to have a dome is the good old Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, are the most successful team in that division. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Should playoff football only be played in sort of weather-neutral conditions? I think that's insane. It's not football. That's wimpy. It's like the parents who decide willy-nilly that one kid's going to be a Bears fan, one's going to be a Packers fan. That makes no sense. Choices in life matter, youngsters. Choices in life matter, parents. Don't set your kids up for failure. How do you think that Bears fan's feeling today? How do you think that Vikings fan is feeling today when they realize that a franchise quarterback of the future doesn't play for either one of those cities? Is that being mean? Yes. Yes. I'm being mean on purpose. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's what a playoff, unexpected playoff win does for you. Now I'm being tongue in cheek. I don't hate Bears fans. I don't hate, hate Vikings. Well, I don't hate Bears fans. Let's put it that way. Vikings fans. Mm. Other than old Dutch potato chips, I've got no use for the states. I don't really know what they do up there. I don't care. I used to work there. Long forgotten. Have I raised your temperature enough in the last five minutes? Let's participate in a conversation, 855 Oh, by the way, 11 o'clock hour, a special guest in studio. Pat Miller's going to join me, former teammates. We're talk about small biz, small biz and cold. He's a, a Bears fan. Ooh, that could be sensitive. So we'll mix it all in. It's going to be a fun day on the show today. Fun day overall, because it's Victory Monday, and we are celebrating. We are strutting like champions because we've won 13 times. We are world champions, the most ever. Fans of the Green Bay Packers. Join me. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. Oh, it's freezing out there. It's crazy cold. cold Somebody texted me. Dude, have you ever heard of Frostbite? About my conversation about uh, playing games outside in the cold. That's what the gear's for. If you have the right gear, you're good. There's hand warmers. There's great gloves and jackets and boots that can protect you in all kinds of weather. Don't be showing up at the game with uh, jeans or uh, tights. Tennis shoes or sneakers, and a baseball cap. That's where the brain has to kick in. Now, I found this little clip here. I want you to listen to this clip and just text me your reaction to it eight five five six one six one six twenty the uh, WTMJ talking text line. Just re- send me your reaction to it. I heard this and I'm, I'm like, this can't be real. Just listen to this.
0: I bought. I was in Wisconsin this weekend at the
2: airport, and uh, I, I didn't have a hat, so I bought a hat. It turned out to be a sports hat, mm. and it was some team mm. that I guess was playing another team. And then I was in Chicago, and everybody. And
0: I, the whole reason i wearing the hat was so that, you know, I, I cut down on interactions,
1: <laughs> and I, the hat made all these people come up to me like, "Oh, you, we don't have you people here, the sport, the supporters of that team." I wonder if it is on it's our
0: exhausting. logo in number three. Let's see if we have a third love. Yes,
2: that's the hat I bought this weekend. I
0: had a G on it. What, do they, what does that mean? Green Bay Packers. Oh, okay.
1: I don't know what that means. Okay. That is Anderson Cooper, arguably the biggest star on CNN, who doesn't have the intellectual wherewithal to understand that there's a big thing called the NFL, there are 32 teams in the NFL in Wisconsin. That team probably dominates the sports landscape. No offense to the Bucks and Brewers. How can you be that good at your job, supposedly, and not understand anything about sports? And this this is one of the things that just is one of my pet peeves. For so much of our lives, we're told we have to understand the arts and culture and all that stuff. All that stuff. Which, if you're smart, you do, because I appreciate that. I went to Funny Girl last night, even though the Packers were playing a playoff game. And you never see the same respect on the other side. Folks who live in news know nothing about sports. Why? How can you be informed if you don't know basic things about the country you live in? The fact that the NFL is probably the most popular sports league in the world. How do you not know that? How do you know that when you're in Wisconsin, A hat with a G on it, more often than not it's going to be a Green Bay Packers hat how stupid do you have to be that is just insanely dumb and when I hear stuff like this I just shake my head you can be consumed and passionate about whatever you want to be, but that doesn't mean you get to tune out the rest of the world pay attention to everything I was blown away by the performance of the star, the lead at Funny Girl last night. She blew me away. We gave her a standing ovation for like three minutes. I don't come into it like, huh, it's just a theater. My wife dragged me here. No, it was a Christmas present to my wife, which I enjoyed. So how about a little love back to the sports fans of the world? Stop disrespecting sports, Anderson Cooper. You want to be a smart guy in this world, you got to know more than just news and politics. And when I see, I know this is a, it's a long-winded, maybe a stretch, but I, I get driven nuts by this, this, this siloing that we have in this country. Oh, I don't care about that. Why would I care about that? Maybe you should care about that. Maybe that opens your mind, expands your horizon to sports. On the other side, to arts and culture. If you're a sports Fan, and you don't enjoy arts and culture, you're missing out on something. You're missing out on a big part of what makes this world and country we live in amazing. That is something that we should all be doing. So, when, wh- what am I getting to? My point is this 855 616 1620 WTMJ talking text on if you want to weigh in, and some people have. If you are so consumed with one thing that you miss everything else, You're part of the problem. And I use problem for a specific reason. We have an inability in this country to understand people who aren't like us. I'm not even talking about people who don't look like you. That's a whole other conversation. People who think differently. You should be able to fit at least a moment of your lives into all these other things. doesn't mean you have to be passionate about it. At least understand them. So when I hear Anderson Cooper... Arguably one of the biggest talents on TV, network TV, who doesn't have the wherewithal to understand that the NFL is actually a league that people care about in a state where it consumes our sports oxygen. I think a little less about Anderson Cooper. So for today Texas said he's just being he's he's lying for attention. I don't think so. So for today on this MLK Day, these two things aren't related. Anderson Cooper, shut the hell up. The says, who's Anderson Cooper? Son of a tire manufacturer. manufacturer. That's, that's a good joke. Cooper Tires, yes. Uh, see, that's probably the way, this is from the 414, that's probably the way his brain is wired. He might even be on one of the spectrums. Can we stop with that? Anderson Cooper is a fully functioning human being. He anchors a show nightly on CNN. Seriously. He's a—he's considered one of the top news people on network TV. He doesn't have any deficiencies that I'm aware of. He seems to be overachieving, to be honest. My point, and, and Texas says this is a stretch, move on. I'm going to move on in a second because we're going to talk to Dave Spano after the break. We walk around in these little specific silos. They're dangerous. It leads to the nonsense that is politics 2024, which is probably my overarching theme of this year. Silly choices. Bad choices, my opinion. And the fact that we are so unaware, uninterested in anyone that thinks differently than we do. Now this is a sports analogy or a sports example. There's other examples. Especially in politics, it's it's clear we don't listen to each other. It's not a day that doesn't go by that I get a text that my and I you know I respect people taking the time to text me, but I read the text and it's like this is about the dumbest thing I've read in quite some time. It's part of what makes us a unique country, right? We're not of one mind. Certainly, we're a country of immigrants, which is a good thing. We are a country on MLK Day that's still trying to figure out how race factors into all of that. We are consumed by sports. And frankly, going back to my Anderson Cooper example, I'm not sure how someone who has... That much media around him, exposure, wouldn't have a better understanding of what NFL football is about and how, to me, that's a deficiency that it's hard to explain. doesn't mean you have to know everything about everything. No one does. No one's an expert on everything. From the 414, c that's why they're overachievers. You can't always recognize it just on TV. People on a spectrum can be very successful. A lot of spectrum comments. Am I missing something here? He seems like he's done pretty well for himself. Let's not limit people. That's the opposite of what you should be doing. He has celebrated whatever his life has brought him. He has done very well. Let's not limit people or put them in little boxes. It's not the points. Now, Anderson Cooper, I don't know Anderson Cooper, could be a great guy for all I know. I don't see a reason why I should be drunk on New Year's Eve, but that's a decision made by CNN. Knock yourself out. All right, we're going to take a break. After break, we are scheduled to be joined by the one, the only, Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Cannot wait for the conversation after this.
3: All right. You hear that music, you know what's coming next. Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Good morning, Dave Spano. Good morning. Markets are closed. What do you want to talk about? We can talk about the Packers. We can talk about the weather. Were you you
1: surprised and shocked by the performance of the Green Bay Packers in Dallas?
3: I was I was very happy that it turned out. I was very happy for Jordan Love and watched his development. And I was, I guess, I was a little happy to watch Skip Bayless throw his jerseys uh, in in the garbage last night. So. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's got to be some, it's somewhat horrifying to be
1: a Cowboys fan. So I don't I don't want to jump on the, on someone that's suffering, but it 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 is an amazing time. Just when we thought things were not looking good in the middle of the season, that this team has turned it around and made it fun to be a Packers fan. Not that it's not always fun to be a Packers fan, but it it has been a great ride. And it's not over because we're we're going to San Francisco. Well, I'm not, but some people are are going.
3: I mean, that's something you would do. I would. I used to live in San Francisco. Did did you check the flights? I have not because I have an
1: event this weekend, so I I couldn't go anyway. But it's scheduled at the same time as the Packers game, ironically, which is somewhat interesting. Um, I thought this would be a good opportunity. I spent a lot of time looking at your stuff. We have done webinars. I've been involved with uh, Annex for quite a while now, and somebody asked me this question uh, a couple weeks ago about small investors—people that are just starting to work full time. They don't have a lot to donate, or not to donate, but to contribute to Invest. their uh, to their uh, investments and in their mm-hmm. portfolio. And then I, I saw you guys on the newsletter. I think was talking about the Ignites program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, share that information. Yeah, so there's, this is there's amazing. There's really-
3: yeah, so we really have three deliverables. I guess is is a good way to to present it. So we have clients that come from us, it, it come to us and a lot of them, and as you've heard me say, financial planning is for everybody. You don't have to live in a certain zip code or have a certain net worth to hire a wealth manager. So we have really built three teams. One of the teams that you're talking about is the Ignite team. And that is really uh, clients with, with not as much money as as uh, some wealth management clients, but they still need investment planning and they still need a framework for a financial plan. The second that we have is which most people go in is annex comprehensive wealth and that's mostly what we talk about where we talk about estate planning tax planning investment planning and financial planning and then we have annex private client with those with very complex needs and in lots of assets and tax planning that that we do some things for so there are three deliverables but the one you're talking about it is annex ignite so people come to us and they say i have you know less than five hundred thousand dollars but i would like help with my 401k I'd like help with my planning this is these are the people that we serve in that environment
1: yeah you know time is your friend especially if you're in your 20s and you're thinking about trying to save for your future whatever that retirement's going to be whatever that looks like the world of social security I think will be vastly different any contribution especially when your company matches is just just smart business sense
3: yeah there's no question, and again, this is not just somebody who doesn't have money and is not going to have money. We have a lot of clients who we call henry's high earners and they they are they're an opportunity to uh, to move on to the next level so they don 't have a lot of assets right now, but you know they may be docs they may be you know lawyers who are just getting started they may be young professionals, and they go out and they start to to build out their portfolios and so we have lots of clients out there that that are in that space but High earners, but not, not, not right yet. So, you know, that's what we call those. But they, they start to develop into a process. And that's what we start to do. And earlier, as you pointed out, the earlier that you get started, the better. You know, a lot of people come come in, Steve. They, you know, their largest asset is their 401k, their Mm -hmm. qualified plan, their IRA, because you get to put that money in pre-tax and let it grow tax deferred. And that is really, really a a powerful uh, tool.
1: So as we look ahead to 2024, we've done a little bit of this. Obviously, the tax discussions are happening. People are starting to get their forms and all the stuff they have, they'll need to fill out their their uh, tax statements this year. But there's a lot of things that are swirling around. We, we, the Fed's saying they may lower rates at some point, and we'll see if that happens. We obviously have the political world, world out there, and, and uh, that, that process starts in Iowa today. What else are you thinking about in 2024?
3: Well, the big story last year, as you'll recall, that nearly 85% of economists were forecasting a recession in 2023. You know, I pounded the table and said, until we see some really poor economic readings, I don't see that happening in 2023. And what I said is it hasn't been canceled, but it's been deferred. And so we didn't see the recession in 2023. Will we see it in 2024 or perhaps even 2025, the newest survey of New York uh, economists, start to say that the the recession has been deferred, thank you, Dave, until 2025? And so that's what we're starting to look at is, will we see some deteriorating uh, economic information throughout this year, 2024, and into 2025? Why is because, as you pointed out, the Fed is going to start lowering interest rates. And are they lowering them? because they've won the battle against inflation, or are they lowering them because the economic news begins to even get worse than what it was?
1: What would change that at least that decision that they're talking about? What would change that in your mind?
3: Well, I mean, for sure, the economic news, they always say they're data dependent. So they look at all the information that comes into them, and they start to say, what should we do? Well, right now they're suggesting that they're going to, cut rates in 2024 three times. The market thinks it might be a little bit more. The market thinks that because they think perhaps economic news, number one, is not going to be as great as we go into 2024. But number two is the market. You talk about you know the, the market, the economy, is saying that the, tr- the Treasury rates are so far below of where the Fed is. So the Fed is at 525 to 550, 5.25 to 5.5. But the 10-year Treasury, which is kind of their barometer, is far less than that. So generally, they try to match that. Otherwise, you have what's called negative interest rates. And so you look at that and say, are they going to match where the market is, or is the interest rates going in the market going to go back up? So we do think you're, gonna, you're going to get some aggressive cuts by the Fed, I, in my opinion, at least three in 2024. But the question is, what will change that? A lot of things can change that most importantly i think is the biggest is the biggest wild card is what happens geopolitically that certainly could have a dramatic effect on what the federal reserves does because they may have to accelerate that process you look at what's happening in the red sea and the breakdown of those of those shipping lines that has an, an impact on everything including inflation because you go back to the supply chain conversation
1: and, oh, by the way, we have a presidential election in the, in the, uh,
3: in the country yeah. this year. Oh, oh, by the way, in Iowa today, right?
1: Yes, Iowa caucuses happening today in very, very bitter cold weather. We'll see what that does as far as the results we'll, we'll know later tonight and tomorrow. Um, just last thing for you as, as we, we you know, kind of wrap up our conversation today. When we talk about politics, I know you had a slide in our last webinar that kind of talked about one administration versus the other, one party versus the other. What are your slides showing? And just kind of walk through that for people.
3: Yeah I don't I don't have the slide up but what it did say Steve is that there is it's more important about policy than politics and and we can go back and and prove that I have clients clearly that are are far right, and they said, you know, when Obama gets elected, everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket. And then we have clients who are, are more liberal. They said, when Trump gets elected, the world's going to explode. And obviously, the economy continued to move on. So, focus on policy. Focus on the true economic nature of this of this great country that we have and the economic power that we have that is continuing to move on and to get through 2023 without a recession is because of the, of, of the economy. Two-thirds of it are, is spending from the consumer. The consumer continue to go out and spend for lots of reasons. But they kept the economy going. Does that continue in 2024? Generally, in a presidential election year, that is a good thing because, you know, most both parties, both sides of the aisle think that their guy is going to win or their gal is going to win. And when that happens, they get they start to spend. They start to think things are going to get better. So we'll have to see what the election election looks like but it could it could dislodge lots of things so again domestically that could be an issue geopolitically that could be an issue but more importantly when you start to think about all of these choices in front of you when you choose a financial advisor you know you're bombarded by choices so make sure that you know the process is transparent that you don't go to an advisor and then they try to sell you something that you didn't expect make sure that each step is explained and the reasoning behind it and that it's transparent a little bit of the wisdom
1: of Dave Spano. You can get a lot more just by going to AnnexWealth.com, clicking the Get Started button. Good luck on the move this
3: week. Yeah, we're doing that. Uh, we're packing up today. We're moving our offices from Elm Grove to Brookfield. If you're driving down 994 <laughs> to the west, you can't miss it. It's, uh, it's on the right-hand side. Uh, beautiful building at 17950 Corporate Drive. So uh, we're excited to, to move to our new home, and we're going to do that this week. I look forward to visiting you in your new studios. Dave Spano, have a great rest of your week. Do you do too? You have a great show.
1: All right, uh, Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, and, and I've said this to people off the, from away from the show as well. If you want a great place to get started, if you have questions about y- your financial planning, your future, your retirement, what are you doing? And if you're kind of playing it by yourself and, and you know being a, a you know lone investor, some of the great wisdom of Annex they can walk you through all the pieces of this stuff: retirement planning, saving, all the all the aspects, right? A strategy for the future, whether you're young or an older investor. All that stuff's right there at AnnexWealth.com, one of the great reasons why we talk to Dave every Monday. All right, we'll take a break here. We've got a few more topics I want to weave in before the top of the hour. Then we are going to be joined by a guest after Connie Weber's news. Pat Miller is going to join us talking about small business and a lot of other things as well in the 11 o'clock hour right here on WTMJ Now. Lots of people on the text line weighing in about their short conversation about the weather and, and whether or not games should be played in cold weather. We wouldn't have the Ice Bowl without that. and I think any diehard Packers fan over over the ages realizes how significant that was in not only the legacy of the franchise, but the legacy of the team and, and the coach Lombardi. Matter In fact, they named the trophy after him, the Super Bowl uh, trophy that the winners get. A uh, couple of texts on that. Buffalo got 41 inches, 41 inches of snow. Come on now, Steve. You really think we should have still had an outside game? Be real, because one thing you are is real. Well, thank you for that. Uh, if you were mayor, if you're still mayor, you would tell people to say, safe, oh, I'm going to be safe. I'm not advocating that you play games when the weather is the worst, right? What I'm saying to you is there is people calling for an outright, we're not going to play games in that kind of weather anymore in the NFL. I think that's crazy. Part of the mystique of the NFL, part of the allure, part of the excitement is you play games in conditions that aren't perfect, and I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. I believe there's only two teams, maybe three, in the however many Super Bowls there have been since 1966, that play on turf, fake grass, that have ever won a Super Bowl. I think there's a reason for that. It's carpet football. It's it's a much different game. doesn't mean a team can't be great on grass and turf, No better example than the Packers beating up on the Cowboys in Dallas. Synthetic field. So I get it. But if we're going to scrub out the weather as a component in games, I think we're missing something as fans. So, no, I'm not saying they should have played the game on Saturday. It's going to be played apparently at uh, 3.30 our time this afternoon on CBS, the Bills-Steelers. I hope that's a great game. But part of the of the coolness is it'll be played in cold weather, just like all of us who have gone to Packers games over the years have experienced what that feels like, good and bad. I, I sat through the 2007 seven national um, ah, the uh, 2007 NFC title game that we lost to the Giants, who eventually went on to win the Super Bowl. That was not a fun experience, but it was a unique experience. And you know what? There's plenty of gear now that you can protect yourself for those games. Uh, I got another text is a little bit long. I'm going to read it because I think it, it covers the whole gamut. Hey, Steve, great topic. My brother-in-law lives two miles from the Bill Stadium. On Friday and Saturday, he was pissed that the game was canceled. On Saturday, my daughter and I had a heated discussion about the New York travel ban, which is a real thing, and the cancellation of the game. I was all for the cancellation. I remembered the stories of stranded cars, the first responders that had to risk their lives to help these New Yorkers who think they can handle any snowstorm. Sunday I spoke to my brother-in-law, and he said New York did the right thing about travel, about the travel ban to cancel the game. Zero visibility, tons of snow dumped down, the plows couldn't get through. I'm all for games being played in bad cold weather within reason. I personally went to a Packers game and it was 10 below, and I had pneumonia. I appreciate your comments. The texture says, I love these heated, boiling conversations make my day, especially when I'm right. I'm not saying you're not right. There was a reason to postpone that game. You can't get to the game. You have no fans. What's the point? But to say, and I, I hope this doesn't happen because this, I think, would change football forever, that we're going to be essentially arena football, play everything indoors with roofs on fake grass, I'm not a fan of that. That's not real football to me. It's why I criticize the Vikings so much. It's, it's carpet football. One of the reasons, again, why they have never won a Super Bowl, because teams that play on those kind of surfaces generally don't win Super Bowls. It's a fact. Look it up. Quick break. Final break of this hour. We'll come back for one more segment. And then the news with Connie Weber. That's all coming up. WTMJ. Just because it's cold outside. And oh, boy, is it cold. Doesn't mean you can't be excited for boating in the new year. That's right. The Milwaukee Boat Show is coming to the Expo Center at State Fair Park in West Dallas from January 19th. To the 22nd and the 24th through the 28th, so so two two different periods there. Uh, 19th to the 22nd, 24th through the 28th. There you can see Skipper Bud's showcase. We can also enter to win an HO Sports Hawaii inflatable dock. That sounds interesting. I never heard of that. HO Sports Hawaii inflatable dock. If this floats your boat, then I've got more great news for you. We're giving away a four pack of tickets to the Milwaukee Boat Show all this week, every day. Four pack of tickets. That's five chances. To win four tickets and see the best boats and boating accessories Wisconsin has to offer. All right. Since I saw before it was a minus four, we'll go with caller number four. 855-616-1620 on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Caller number four will win. Ha! Yes, I can speak. Four pack of tickets to the Milwaukee Boat Show all this week. It's playing January 19th to 22nd and 24th through the 28th. Good luck to the callers. Look at those phone lines light up. All right, a little cleanup on a few of the topics that we we talked about. So I made people mad about Anderson Cooper. Too hard on you. Um, from the 9-2-0, Rams, Falcons, Saints, I think they're more than what you think won a Super Bowl. I think that's it. Three out of whatever number. They're, they're in the 50s now, right? That's a pretty low low winning percentage. Uh, I worked out. This is from the 414. I worked outside for 25 years. Being cold does not make you sick. True. Uh, from the 414, slide the real grass in like Arizona and Vegas. Exactly. All the money the NFL has, all the money these teams and franchises have, do the right thing. Don't be ninny's. This fake grass, some would argue, causes more injuries. Uh, from the 414, we're talking about uh, the Packers' great victory in Dallas. Every time we saw Jerry Jones turn around away from the camera, my husband said he was saying, saying to her, Roger Goodell on the phone so we can win this game. Don't put it past him. See, I'm not a Jerry Jones lover. I know that a lot of folks who work in football just think this guy is like the be-all and end-all. I can't stand the guy. Why do I say that? Because I went to the Super Bowl in Dallas in early 2011 after the 2010 season. I'm in line getting into that uh, AT&T Stadium, whatever it's called. And individuals who had tickets for the game, which were not cheap, by the way, We're finding out as the attendants, ushers, for lack of a better term, were starting to move us to the seating areas. Those seats didn't exist. Now, Jerry knew the Super Bowl was going to be in Dallas. He didn't have his seating done in time for the Super Bowl. And there's about a million other things that were chaotic with that Super Bowl, including the lack of preparedness on the weather side, which is not a unique thing in Texas because they're always unprepared. First, I Googled... Bad weather, cold weather, over the weekend, looking at another story, first thing that came up, Texas power grid, in trouble. That was Jerry World because they had an ice storm and a snowstorm in the same week leading up to the 2010 Super Bowl victory by the Packers. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, always fun to watch football in the luxury boxes during crappy weather, but not so fun outside and below zero temps. I've done both. I said I can remember the 96 season. The first game against the 49ers, it rained incessantly. And we had all the rain gear on, the ponchos, everything, and we were soaking wet by the time the, the game didn't matter because we were going to the NFC Championship game the next week when it was basically zero degrees against the Carolina Panthers, which propelled us to New Orleans and the uh, Rhett Favre-led victory in the Super Bowl 31. So I've, I've done both. And I don't generally sit outside for the cold weather now. Maybe that's just being old. Maybe I don't. I enjoy. I I do enjoy the inside experience. There's a lot more you can do. Uh, this I'm going to answer this one because it was on a lot of people's minds. What was your opinion of the NFL officials this weekend? Horrible. Hey NFL, calls that are 15 yards in the NFL should be automatically reviewable in playoff games. Automatically that wasn't a horse-collar tackle that may have given the Cowboys points they didn't earn, that's changing games. I know it didn't work out that way. you got to be better than that. You call fouls, you call penalties when you know it happened, not when you think it happened. Any 15-yard penalty should be automatically reviewable in playoff games. They're too important. I've seen too many games over the course of my life where refs, officials have given a victory to another team all i have to say to you to prove that point: fail mary you know what i'm talking about
0: live from the annex wealth management studios at the avenue it's
1: wtmj now news opinions wisconsin everything you need to know in the badger state and beyond here's your host steve scafidi That would be my cue. Thank you, producer Charlie. Thank you, Big Voice Guy, on this chilly, chilly Monday start to the week, but it's Victory Monday. And I'm thrilled that in studio, my friend Pat Miller is joining me, the ideas coach. Welcome. Well, thank you, Steve. Great to see you. Great to be here. Yes, we've talked before on the phone. And we used to work together at the uh, the old Ra- Radio City location, which I, I sometimes miss and sometimes I don't miss. And you, you just got a chance to kind of peruse the new uh, facilities.
0: Uh, yeah, it's like walking into the future. <laughs> leaving is, right? like the wagon wheels of yesterday and walking into a spaceship. This place is
1: beautiful. It is very cool. And we're, if you don't know where we're at, we're on the 3rd Street Market Hall on the west side on Wisconsin Avenue. The area now called the Avenue, formerly uh, Grand Avenue. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but I am.
0: Uh, it was here when I got here, but yes, the new update in all <laughs> right. these restaurants—I'm absolutely salivating. So
1: we're going to do a lot of things this hour. You got some technology stuff. You're certainly a small business guy, but I, I got to ask you because I know you're a Bears fan. Oh no! So <laughs> I've been I've been chiding Bears fans, and I've I've certainly watched my 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 two adult daughters are raising their families in Illinois, so I know that that dynamic is is uh, both interesting and sometimes filled with tension. As a Bears fan, yeah, watching the just a slaughter of the Cowboys <laughs> yesterday in, in AT&T Stadium. What, what'd you think?
0: Well, here's the first thing we can agree on: how much fun it is to watch the Cowboys lose. Yes, everybody wasn't loves that spectacular? It. Unless you're a Cowboys fan, everybody loves it. Oh gosh, that was fantastic. But as a Bears fan, not only did the Lions win, yes. then the Packers go in and they absolutely boat race them. Yep. So it was not a good day no. to be a Bears fan. But I didn't. I wasn't as upset as I expected to be. Why? I don't. I didn't know until I reflected on it because I thought. I hate the Packers with the passion of a thousand (laughs) sons. I never want to see that. I don't want to see them win a coin flip. I don't want to see them win like a pie eating contest. Win nothing and I'll be happy. But they won yesterday unexpectedly in the playoffs. And I'm like, why isn't this bothering me more? And then I thought, I cannot hate Jordan Love yet. No. I don't hate him yet. And I hated Aaron Rodgers. Hated him. All through at the end. Oh, no, I hated him from day one. Well, he did own the Bears, let's be he, honest. he owned us, and if he's good at anything, he might be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he is a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame troll and villain. Oh yes.
1: He's really good at that. He fits that role perfectly, oh, yeah. and, and he's still sort of playing with the Jets, although he hasn't really played much. So I'm just going to ask you one more Bears question, and then we're going to move on to some <laughs> other stuff. So when you see the Bears try to fumble their way, or whatever it is that's happening in Chicago right yeah. now, Stadium, Justin Fields, are you confident that they've put the team together? Because I know you're you're big on preparation, uh-huh. planning, all uh-huh. that stuff in your, in your work with small business. Are you confident that they're on the right path?
0: All right. So if I said I was confident, I'm not really a Bears <laughs> fan because no Bears fan is ever confident. Right. We're doing what we know how to do, which is to build a good defense. Okay, fine. So the defense is good. But you're not going to win anything if you don't have the quarterback. And here's what I was thinking about the quarterback. Because I knew you would ask me about Justin Fields. Justin Fields is like eating candy for dinner. Candy's great, but it ain't dinner. And he does really spectacular stuff, but it's not what it's going to take to win it all. I don't think. I love the guy, but he's not the guy. Then I I love him, and I hope he proves to be the guy. Mm. And some Bears fans think he's the guy, and maybe he is the guy, and maybe he'll develop to be the guy. But when you got the number one overall pick, and it's like you can maybe get a quarterback who is the guy, you got to think about it. So I'm torn. I love uh, Justin, but. Uh, It is a mess, and I have no confidence, and I'm just resigned to the fact we're going to continue to lose everything forever.
1: Bears. So I will take the fact that you don't hate Jordan Love as a positive.
0: Yeah, I figure that, because he's a a lot better than any of us hoped he would be. So we're very frustrated and very sad about that. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Packers fan hoping that Bears fans are miserable, we are. But it's not as miserable as when Aaron did it because he was such a villain and
1: we hated him so much. That voice you're hearing is Pat Miller, Bears fan, also the ideas coach and an expert on small business. I want to spend a couple segments. We'll take a break here, but I want to spend a couple segments talking about small business. Sure. From a lot of different angles, you are someone that's highly tuned into that world, that experience. And I know this. There's a lot of small business in Wisconsin. A lot more than you might even realize. Uh And there are challenges and opportunities. And you are great at both. And we're going to walk through some of that stuff with Pat Miller right here on WTMJ Now. The Ideas Coach. Pat Miller joining us in the studio on this chilly Monday. Hope it's warm where you are. It's probably... Not, because <laughs> most of our listeners are around the state, northern, northern Illinois. Um, I want to talk about small business because a lot of people, maybe they do, maybe they don't realize that this state is a lot of small business people. Absolutely. Doing all kinds of amazing things. But I want to talk about starting a small business mm-hmm. because it's always that idea, that little nugget of people said, I can do, I can do, I can sell this service or this thing. So in 2024, what's that climate like? What are, are things people should be thinking about when it comes to that stuff?
0: It's a great question because everyone that has knowledge or the ability to provide a service, they could start a small business. Literally anyone can do it. But I used to work here. I wasn't a small business guy, and I left to go start my own uh, own small business. So the first thing that I wish I would have known, I wish I would have known, is that it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you're in the sales business. Period, point blank, the end. Because when you're a small business owner, you eat what you kill. And if you don't want to go sell, go work for somebody else. And not everybody likes to sell. If you don't want to do that, please, I'm begging you, go get a job someplace. But if you want to make your dream a reality, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to be comfortable with the idea that I'm going to go ask someone for money.
1: Is it more than just a good idea about a product or a service? This has to be more than that, right? Let's yeah. talk about being a seller. Beyond that piece, what's the next piece?
0: You got to build relationships. So it's not just the people you're selling. It's your reputation. You also have to build a product that exceeds the value that you charge for it. And beyond that, you have to be able to sell enough of that thing to lead the lifestyle for you and your family. Because when you go out and you build your own business, nobody understands. Your family doesn't understand. Your friends don't understand. Nobody gets it. And here's the worst part. Not only do they not get it, they don't care. Nobody cares. So if all of a sudden uh, Q1 happens for a Fortune 500 company, it's on the front page of everywhere. If a small business in New Berlin goes under, nobody cares except for you and your banker and your house you used to have. So it's a incredibly high stakes. And if you don't want to sell, and if you don't want to go out and and lead a
1: really misunderstood life, it's tough to be a small business owner. How do you manage expectations? Because we all we all have these dreams, right? I think. Each and every one of us, whether we've done it or not, has said, I could, I could sell this thing. I could sell this idea. I could, I could do this, but we don't all do it. How do you manage those expectations? Because we all think we can.
0: Yeah, we think we can. And then we get out there and have to start converting that idea into food on the table. And it's, it's really tough to do. So the first thing I tell people is no matter what it is that you want to do, you got to specialize it. You don't want to be something for all your car care needs. You want to be the brakes guy. Because when you can specialize what you do, you can be remembered for what you do. Oh, I know Steve. He's the brakes guy, not Steve's the general mechanic. And it's not only that, you can be referred. Hey, I need a brakes guy. Who do you got? Steve. So you have to get on the mental shopping list for anyone that you meet and any of the one that you want to sell. And that becomes you got to become painfully focused to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say focus or having a very unique thing that you do that that has to be the the messaging there if you want to be noticed
0: absolutely and most people get tripped up let's say i'm a personal trainer i want to go out and start my own personal training business i want to leave the big gym start my own thing well i want to train everybody i don't want to cut off any opportunity exactly the wrong way to do it i'm for women after they give birth to feel like themselves again. That's the only thing that I do. I'm for senior citizens after they have a heart attack. I'm for recovering athletes when they blow their knee out. I'm the guy or gal that does this.
1: Pat Miller joining us on WTMG now. Is it harder, the same, different, starting a small business in Wisconsin versus other places?
0: You know, I don't know, because I've only started my thing here, but inside the Idea Collective Small Business community, we have members from all around the country. What they tell me is that they are blown away by the support and the resources that we have here, specifically in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. What are some of those resources? There are startup groups, There, there's a terrific score group uh, for the free support from retired executives. Uh, there's the Idea Collective, if I can pat myself on the back. yes. And then we have a culture that leads to collaboration over competition. When you get around, there are pods of small business owners in this group, in this market, that are willing to help one another. That isn't always true in other places. How helpful is the state of Wisconsin? Uh, I have not experienced a ton of it, but I haven't really asked because I'm just getting started. But I know that the politicians, I believe the politicians when they say they want small business to win and we see grants we see uh, support from the governor. We see the uh, WEDC doing what they do. We see MMAC doing what they do. So I-, I think the ecosystem is healthy, and there's plenty of support.
1: So somebody asked this question to me the other day, and I, I didn't have a great answer for it, and I knew you were coming on on mm-hmm. this program. Cold weather presents challenges for business, yep. large and small. Does it present unique challenges for small business if they have actually Locations, not website stuff, because weather doesn't matter. Manage, uh, matter on the on the internet. Yeah. But if you have a location, a physical location, how does a small business person or persons react to that challenge? Weather challenge. You remember how
0: dynamic and fragile being a small business owner is. Because to your example, if we have a location and you're my employee and your car won't start, either you go in and open the store yourself or you don't make any money that day. There is no fallback. You are your own thing. So if you're at home, if you're a financial advisor or you're an accountant starting your own firm out of your basement and a tree freezes and falls over and you lose power, you're out of business for the day. Like there's no fallback. So the fragility of being a small business owner and the risk that you take when I see this cold weather and I see things happening like that, it really reminds you how fragile everything
1: is. Since we're talking about challenges, give me some of the other risks or challenges for newer small businesses. Number one, the grim reaper of small business is cash
0: flow. When you start, if you don't have a hardwired way to get to enough money at the end of the month, you're going out of business. And then the second one that few people talk about, and I didn't know was such a big deal until I lived it, it's imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is where you tell yourself in your head, who am I? to go offer this service? Who am I to go charge this much, to put myself on the radio as someone that likes to know something about small business? If you can't beat back imposter syndrome and you have no one around you, you're going out of
1: business, forget it. I don't know if you have the number or not, but is, is there a percentage or a number of small businesses that, that typically don't make it? Yeah. A year or two years? Like, what would that be? It's brutal. The two stats that I know off the top of my head,
0: 50% of small business won't make it to year five. Over 90% won't make it to year 10. That's Those are the statistics. And that's why I firmly believe you need a community around you because a community around you can give you the answers that you need and can help you beat back imposter syndrome because either one of
1: those, you make one mistake and you could lose it all. You talk about financial challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a technology piece to this? Hmm. I mean, every business is different, but I would imagine technology plays a role. And it's starting to play more of a role. So, yes, it
0: does, one. And two, AI is coming, which is going to help a lot of small business owners with the repetitive tasks and the things that they're outsourcing right now. I'll give you an example. This morning, I did an hour-long web show, YouTube, LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. The editing for that, I don't need to outsource anymore because I'm using AI and some other technology to take the long form and cut it down into snippets. I used to pay someone to do that. I don't have to pay someone to do that any longer. And that's just like a thumbnail example, but every feature of your business is going to get AI assisted, speed everything up and drive down your cost.
1: So is it safe to say that technology is making it easier to be a successful small business person?
0: It is making it easier. It's also uh, overwhelming us with choice. (laughs) It's increasing the competition. There are people that don't know anything about what you do that are entering the market because it's easier to enter the market. And the only defense that you have is your specificity to be exactly for these people, to deliver more value than anyone else, and to make sure that you're running it in a way that you have cash reserves And you have what it takes inside to keep going, because if you lose your confidence, you're
1: toast. Could you, in today's world, Mm -hmm. today's environment, open a one-of store, hard location, physical location, with no technology, except the stuff you absolutely have to have, like a cash register, Mm -hmm. and succeed? It depends on what it is.
0: Like, you're saying, like, I'm going to be a soccer goods store, and I'm going to have soccer balls and and, and jerseys and that kind of stuff. Traditional store. Yeah, you could be a traditional store, but if you're smart, you're going to have an online presence. That Your physical store is just the showroom for your digital footprint.
1: So you can't, I'll ask you, can you have a store of any sort Mm -hmm. without having the online presence anymore? Or is that just a dumb idea?
0: I I would imagine you could. I wouldn't recommend it, but I also am not a retailer myself, so I don't want to say you can't. But obviously, you could have a much bigger opportunity if you add your showroom for the digital footprint.
1: He is Pat Miller, ideas coach, small business expert. If you have a question for Pat, 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ. Talking tax line. We'll take a break here. Lots more to get to, including some technology. We are just talking about technology. He tuned me on to something, turned me on to something that I had not even heard of. That is a pretty interesting idea that I think could really catch fire. And I have not heard of this before, but it's, uh, it's a way to interact with a device without apps for the most part. Pat Miller, my guest, will continue the conversation after this on WTMJ. <laughs> Hanging out with Pat Miller, ideas coach, small business expert. He's also a technology guy, and I, I, he brought this idea to me. I had not heard of this, Pat. It's called The Rabbits. So tell people about this thing because I had not heard anything about this. Well, not a lot of people
0: have, including myself, because <laughs> it's so brand new. It was just at the CES show in Las Vegas, electronic show in Las Vegas. I was there once about 15 years ago. Did you go to the show much or to the Vegas part much?
1: I did both. <laughs> I was there more for the Vegas part, but yeah, it, I exactly. happen to have access to the the, the show, so it, it was amazing and it's pretty cool. All the all the you know the applications and all the demonstrations. Some of the stuff is so far out there. Some is just stuff like this. Yeah, something that that's new. But it actually changed people's lives. And, again, it's called the rabbit. It doesn't look like it's a very high price tag. No. But describe this thing for people.
0: All right. We'll set it up in two ways. I want you to picture your phone. Get your phone out. And you want to drive to WTMJ Studios and you need directions. You get the phone. You press Waze. You put in the address. It tells you where to go. Then I want you to picture the interaction with Siri or Alexa. Hey, Siri, do the thing. And it just does it. What this device is doing, it's a mobile device. It's not a phone, but it's a mobile computer that you just talk to like Siri, but it has all of the app-style functionality that a phone does without having the apps. And that's the innovation. It's an AI-powered interface, an AI-powered operating system that you literally just talk to, and it does all the stuff. That a mobile phone would do, would do without having to download the apps.
1: Yeah, they call it a pocket companion, I guess. And it's got a little sort of a rabbit head on it. And the, the site I'm looking at, 199 bucks. Yeah. No sus- subscription required. Uh, apparently these things are selling out like crazy. I like this app, this, I was going to say application, but I like this technology because I think this could be something we all have friends, neighbors, family who are challenged by technology. Yeah. They stumble over the apps, you know, you know, software, all, all the crazy things that happen when you ever you have technology involved in conversation. Mm-hmm. This seems to cut right through all of that and is basically speaking and listening back. Yeah, and it's going to work too
0: because how many times have you talked to Siri and it doesn't do what you want it to do? It never does. It's the worst Apple product there is. <laughs> I don't even know how Apple still has Siri on the market. It's terrible. It never works. But this supposedly. Not only does it work with you, because it's AI powered, it learns from you. So it gets to the point where you just say, you know what? I'd like a pizza. It knows where to order from. It places the order. It knows what you want and it just shows up.
1: So it's using a technology that we see built into social media platforms, mm-hmm. television viewing platforms. Like for my, for me, YouTube TV knows what I like. When I turn the TV on Sunday morning, it knows I'm going to watch CBS Sunday morning. I watch it every Sunday. Yeah. It knows in the afternoon on Sunday. Chances are I want to see what football games, and it will highlight those. This is the same sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and it learns from other people like you, people that like the Packers and like this sort of thing. They might be interested in this, and it takes all of the friction away. That's what I think is, to me, being like thinking about how this is working in general, it takes the friction away. You don't have to download Waze and then put make an account and then tell Waze where you want to go. You just say, hey, I'm going to be with Steve at WTMJ. Give me directions, and it does.
1: I love this because it's it's so simple.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now that's a small was that a small business? I don't know if it was a small business, but it was certainly a business idea that no one I did that someone sort of thought of. Yeah. and then transformed. When you see stuff like this, this is the stuff that gets me excited because
0: I want to have a closed circuit conversation to every entrepreneur and small business owner that's listening. Use this example and put it through your own filter. Think about your business and all the stuff that you take for granted. Apple never thought that apps were a problem until someone points out. Look at what a pain in the butt it is to download all these apps. And then Apple goes, Oh, I get it. Now there's a new product. So when you think about your own product, how do you present your product or service to someone that has friction that you never thought was friction before? And if all of that went away, it would be so much easier to consume.
1: Somebody asked on the text line, well, if it's such a great idea, why didn't the, the big, the big boys do it? Yeah, that's every story Maybe they ever. Thought of it? I don't. I don't know.
0: But think about all the great innovations. Most of the great innovations weren't done by the big guys. And you know why Apple doesn't want to get rid of the apps? I just thought about this. The App Store makes them a fortune. Why would they want to get rid of the apps? They love the apps. They built the phone. Everybody else puts all the R and D into making the apps, and then Apple. I think it's like forty percent of the cut of all the apps
1: that's what they make on it so they don't want to get rid of the apps this like crushes their iphone model it's called the rabbits and i just i just searched it and um it, it's an interesting technology because again it's not expensive now it seems rather simple to to use i know that a lot of these sites i'm looking at say it's already sold out so apparently it's catching on so that's one of those products to watch anything else you you saw in the in the world of technology that the Captured your attention?
0: That's the big one. Some of the AI tools that are out there right now are getting so scary. The thing that I heard recently, there's a piece of software called Synthesia, and it basically takes a picture of you, records your voice, and then I can type in and you will perform whatever I want forever. So I could have Steve Scafidi reading my menu for the restaurant, or I could have you doing whatever it is that I want you to do, because it will animate your voice and your video to whatever I tell it to say, which is opening up radical ideas, especially for solopreneurs, about all the ways that you can expand your product and improve your service. Uh, texter asked, uh, biggest challenge for small business in Wisconsin? Capital. Always capital and finding the right people. you got to have enough money to pay yourself at the end of the month. You have to have enough money to keep on feeding the machine. And you got to be able to find the right people. And then train the right people and compete with the other people that want to hire your people away. Because people say, I can't find anybody good. Well, what if you're not a good employer? What if the reason why you can't find anybody is that other people
1: treat their people better? Do you know examples of like one one man shows, one woman shows, uh-huh. and I, that's got to be challenging, I would think, to run a one-person operation. It is,
0: and frankly, that's why my community exists, because you have to have people around you. But it is incredibly tough. You're the janitor, you're the product development, you're the salesperson, you're the uh, you're the repairman, you're everything. Like this morning, doing my show this morning, my computer crashed. I don't have IT on standby. I don't have anyone to come in and fix it. My show was 15 minutes late getting on the air this morning because all my stuff broke. (laughs) That's the biggest challenge. You go into business as a solopreneur to be a photographer, but then you have to be the maintenance man or the salesperson or whatever, the delivery person, whatever it might be. And that's one of those things that a lot of folks don't think about before they make the leap.
1: Another one that came in, a question that came in is, um, what if you see a product or service, you know, or you think, I can do that better. Yeah. Is that a good strategy for jumping into the small business world? It it could be provided you can prove your credibility that you can do
0: it better, that you can do it better and get other people to say that you can do it better. You've got social proof to say, wow, Steve is good at this and he's better than the other existing markets. And if you're going into a market that already exists, the market leader could always say, oh, well, I'll just crush you on price. Boop, bring the price down and then you're really up a creek. So there are a lot of things to go into an existing market, but here's the thing. If someone's got the guts to go start their own business, I got their back, and everybody else should as well. Because if we want this economy to go crazy, we want to empower dreamers and entrepreneurs to take that risk, and it's a really lonely lifestyle, and they deserve to be supported.
1: Another another question I didn't even think of is, is the small business world, like a lot of other sectors, moving
0: into cashless? Hmm. Good question. Like I say, I'm not a retailer, so I don't know, but I do have someone that's in my community that is a payment processor and she's killing it. So yes, it's probably going that way. And that's what we observe when we go everywhere as well is like, Hey, that we're a cashless thing. Uh, so yeah, use cards.
1: He is Pat Miller, the ideas coach, small business expert. If you have a question, 855-616-1620, that is the WTMJ talking text line. I got a few other things I want to run by Mr. Pat Miller after this on WTMJ now. Pat Miller my guest this hour on WTMJ Now. Thanks for tuning in, however you find us over the air, online podcast. Don't forget our Decision Wisconsin podcast, available at WTMJ.com. I'm going to be talking to a lot of thought leaders, newsmakers, hopefully candidates, just experts on this entire nutty year that's going to be 2024, my, my opinion, uh, of national politics in the great country we live in. Um, and that is something that I work on twice a week. I put uh, together two new podcasts. So, Pat Miller and I, my guest today, were talking about the fact that you were in Iowa. You participated in the caucuses once. So I've never been. I've been to Iowa, but I've never participated in the caucuses. Walk us through that experience because that's happening today in Iowa.
0: Yeah, today's the day, and folks are descending upon churches and gymnasiums all across Iowa to go do their political thing. And when you look at it from the outside, it's wild because they're doing something that doesn't happen in real life. Right. This is make believe, and the reasons why the reason why it's make believe is. I can't think of another time or another place in our culture where you walk up to someone and talk about your political opinion and argue with them. That doesn't happen out loud in public to people you don't know anymore. So all of these people descend and then they decide, okay, who am I going to back? And the actual process is you think it would be like all polished and stuff? No, 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 no. It's just regular people. It is just regular people that show up. And the experience that we had was we went to, I think it was a high school gymnasium and all right, all the people that are for this person over here, all the people for this person over here. And like you break up your yeah, little groups, like a, like a
1: cattle call in different directions. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You talk about the platforms, right? Because ultimately there's kind of a hunger games thing going on here <laughs> that people go to the caucus and they're electing representatives to the state convention where they formally make their nomination for their party. So when we went there, you know we all got broken up into people we argued about what that person was supporting and then at the end they just they count noses and then they determine how many people
1: are coming as delegates out of that group to the state convention i know you're not a political guy so to speak but um just a, a general thought about what you think about that process it's, it seems antiquated and unreal it's absolutely antiquated it is unreal But it was kind
0: (laughs) of cool. I'm really glad that I did it. I got to say, it was like one of the best things, maybe the best thing about living in Des Moines the whole time. The Iowa Cubs were in Des Moines. That was better. But outside of the Iowa Cubs, the caucus was a cool experience. I'm glad I got to do
1: it. My whole thing with this caucus, again, not a fan of the idea, but I'm not a big fan of having Iowa kind of decide where the race is going at the beginning. of the. That seems like they should be down the road a little bit. Well, they, they've
0: but got, I, nothing against Iowa. They've got undue influence, but in Thank a way you. that's the little state and we're a republic so they get to cast their vote and the rest of us can ignore it if we want. So All good right.
1: for them. Little political content, sort of, from Pat Miller. We're going to take another break, <laughs> quick break here. New Year's resolutions for small business yeah. or just New, New Year's resolution. Your, your thoughts from the Ideas Coach right here in WTMJ Now. My guest this hour has been uh, Pat Miller, Ideas Coach. Uh, if folks want to Here's some of your wisdom on small business. Where do they
0: find you? Uh, Easy, smallbusinesscommunity.com. And if you're a small business owner out there doing it all by yourself, our tagline is, it's your dream, don't grow it alone. We've got an online community ready for you at smallbusinesscommunity.com.
1: And I love the fact that you came in because you and I have been talking back and forth. And I've had you on the show a couple of times, but you have a lot of wisdom in a lot of areas. You you used to work for uh, WTMJ. Mm -hmm. What was your last title? Director of Marketing and Innovation. Yeah, we did a lot of fun stuff at the early part of my radio career, and it's great to kind of... Revisit all of that. So since it's a new year, sort of, what, what, what day is it now? It's the 15th, yeah, 15th. Right? Already halfway through January. Unbelievable. Let's talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions in the sense of small business and things that people should be thinking about.
0: Yeah, I think this applies to almost everyone because we're halfway through the month and the stats show 33% of us are going to give up on our New Year's resolution by the end of the month. And the reason why that happens, I'm convinced why that happens, is that people think about the goal and they don't establish the system instead of the goal. And the example that I like to use for it is last year, my son, who's 17, challenged me to do a fitness challenge called the 75 hard here to 75. Hard I before? have not. No, it's an outrageous. It's really a mental health challenge and a willpower challenge. It challenges challenges you to do two 45 minute workouts every day. No, wow. one of them has to be outside rain or shine. Here's the big one. No booze. Right? I'm out. Right? No booze, (laughs) two workouts a day, diet plan, you got to read every day, you got to drink a gallon of water every day, this extreme wellness plan. And you think going into it, oh, this is a weight loss challenge. No. It's a system, and it teaches you how to make goals come true. So the reason why I'm explaining this is whatever your goal is, if you don't install a system behind it, you're never going to make it. And that helped me get fitter. So as you think about what you're you're trying, well, you know, I'm a good looking dude. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Whatever your goal is, if you can establish a system behind it, like each day I'm going to do this, you're never thinking. It's just automatic. And when you check off those things every day, everything gets a lot easier. So do you still do some of this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the water intake is way up. Yeah, that's a big thing. Way up. The workouts are definitely there. Uh, I did have a beer or two during the game yesterday. I just got it. You,
1: you had to. Oh,
0: believe me. I'm a bear fan. I had to have a few. Yeah. Kidding? Drowning your misery is the, is the term. Yeah. What's cool about it, though, is it unlocks and makes everything so much easier. Because then you're not saying... My resolution is to lose 20 pounds. You're going after your goals every single day. And when you break a big goal down into a little system that you can follow, everything gets easier. So I advise this for my small business clients to figure out what they want to do and put them into those daily steps. And don't worry about the outcome, because if you work out twice a day and drink a gallon of water and avoid booze, you're going to lose weight. Right? You don't have to worry about what the goal is. So whatever it is you want, systematize it, systems over goals, it's the way to go. And not to say that one workout a day or less booze isn't a good option as well. 100%. 100%. You're going to be taking steps in the right direction. But if you rely on just your willpower, you're going to lose. Because if your willpower was good enough,
1: you would have done it by now. Uh, one of the texters says, love the show, love the approach to the topic. Uh, recently retired as a very successful retail executive Despite the growth of AI, I'm now building my voice over business with a vengeance as I cannot emotionally express words or speak the way, I'm missing saying AI can't speak the way right, he does. Right. Uh AI is simply a technological process. People make the difference.
0: People that's do. That's always the case, right? I, I, I think that's the case. People make the difference. And for that uh texter and for everyone else, here's the only way to lose with AI. The only way to lose is to ignore it. How can he take his talents and skills and serve a 1,000 clients at once, not 10, because he's escalating his uh, deliverables because he's technologically assisted? So someone like that that's using something very personal and very human, yes, AI could be a threat,
1: but it could also be an opportunity. And that's what I want people to think about. I'm just throwing this at you because it mm-hmm. just came to my head. What's the biggest mental hurdle, not the cash flow, all the, the biggest mental hurdle of someone saying, I want to be a small business person?
0: Am I good enough? And can I do it? That is the thing. If you yeah, think. you are
1: going Stuart Smalley well, us for something. It's exactly
0: that. <laughs> it's 100% that. Yeah. If you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can. And if you think too small, you'll never make it. You have to be committed to your vision. And every day, take as big of a jump as you can. And you're going to end up where you want to go. But if you tell yourself you can't do it. You're dead meat. Go get a job for
1: somebody else because they'd be happy to have you. I love the honesty. I love the perspective on a lot of this. We we were all over the camera today. Pat Miller, you'll be back. We'll talk again down the road. I'd love it. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. And the best in 2024 if I don't see you in, in the near future.